I, it's not the way to stay, to go to bed early. Obviously, health wise, it's great to do. Sanity wise, mm. I think it's good. But I kind of like want to yeah. be insane again. Um, oh really? Yeah, got, I kind of mm-hmm. the same life be. has begun to. Uh huh. <laughs> well, I get up at like four every morning, so you know, like I really? four or four thirty, I have to for work. I mean, it's construction hours, so it's like construction starts really early. You just have to. Oh, you at, you work in construction? Mm-hmm. You okay, know, right, right. in road construction that's why i post a lot so yeah okay i mean if i obviously had a shovel wow. in my hand i definitely wouldn't be but <laughs> you know but the uh yeah i really wish i could like stay up because i used to be like a night owl like 2 a.m 3 a.m kind of guy like go to sleep wake up at like nine and then yeah <laughs> the late the late 20s uh hit i got married so it's easier when you when you're married to like fall asleep early you know, like, oh, I, yeah, you know, yeah. just I, I, not, and that's not even like a, you know, like, oh, the wife say it's like, no, it's just like somebody else is going to bed and you're like, oh, yeah, I probably should too, you know? And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I want to look like a lunatic when she wakes up, like, you know, staying up <laughs> an hour before she wakes up for work. You, <laughs> like well, you don't want to be like the husband whose whose wife is like going to sleep and then you're just like up till like yeah. 3 a.m. in the blue light of the laptop screen, <laughs> like getting into arguments with people and stuff. <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> It's, it's rough. You don't want that at all. From the five to the six, we be in the mix with that rare candy paint job on the whip. I need food for the kids, money for the rent. Fuck a lockdown, baby. I can't do that shit. And I'll never vote, cause I'm fucking broke. And either way, I know the police ain't gonna leave me alone. On a plane by the physical and rock me. Crypto told me I should bring the Glock with me. So I packed up my piece and I'm sliding. Cause we might get caught up in a riot. Middle finger Trump, middle finger Biden. Fuck a left, fuck a right, is you riding? Know you love to see it, dudes rocking. Ain't no politics, baby, we just talking. From the birds to the bricks, we be in the mix. With that rare candy paint job on the whip, who you with? Special episode today, guys. Uh, for the first time, I mean, we've recorded together, and you and Sai have recorded together on with on System of Systems, but we've never all yeah. three of us have done something before on this platform. Uh, I have Yerk P, who's 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 wonderful, and we've been planning this episode for a while. Um, follow him on Twitter at P Yerk, um, and I want to say we're, before we get into our regular stuff, what I'm I obviously agree with you about AI art, but like what what pisses you off so oh, much about it? Yeah, I'm kind of in the midst of like a uh-huh. um, this is like my Jordan Peterson like <laughs> mm-hmm. inappropriate like emotional meltdown that I'm going through on Twitter right now. Um and you can probably see the like difference between my like Twitter persona and my like actual speaking mm-hmm. <laughs> speaking voice. Um but I don't know. I I like I am a very uh, like passionate person, and um, I, you know I, I'm very like passionate about like art and like the the human imagination. Mm-hmm. You know, and and to me, like you know, art is like someone asked me what my like definition of art is, and I was replying to multiple things at the same time, so I didn't get around to replying to them. But I said I, I would have said is like human imaginative production. You know, mm-hmm. and to me, this is like the most sacred thing there is. Um, so I I kind of like I, I'm kind of like horrified on like the deepest possible level when other people don't uh, have that same um, kind of like they don't have that same like value 
you know uh-huh. and it, and it, i'm not saying that that's like a good way to be because i don't think it, it's it kind of is a bit like dysfunctional at times i think um yeah. but i've always been like this and i remember once when i was in like an a college philosophy class you know some girl just did this kind of like i think we were arguing about like uh you know eliminative materialism or something like that mm-hmm. and I it, we ended up having like this argument about art, and she was like, "Art doesn't matter," something like that. And I was like, "I mean, this is this is like just to give you an idea of like how like messed up I am." I was like literally like shaking with rage. Yeah, like this is when I was like eighteen. You know, like that's that's how like inappropriate it was. Uh, <laughs> the level of like emotional response. Oh, I haven't really, I haven't really changed. Like I still feel that way about right. it. You know, like and it's. And you're, 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 we're around the same age, right? I'm 32. You're around. around Okay. So yeah. yeah. So, so it's been a a 12 years. You haven't wavered on that, which, which in your twenties as a man, like you can really go through a roller coaster of like takes, but that's a solidified one. Uh Yeah. Yeah. But that Mm -hmm. one is, I mean, and uh, I've got this like astrology friend uh, called Owen and I can't, I can't even remember what sign he was talking about, but he was talking about a certain sign that is like, uh, when someone is rude to that sign, they're offended, not because someone's been rude to them, but they're offended that the person has degraded themselves by stooping to the level of rudeness. Right. And if, I don't think I'm a Leo, and I don't think he was describing a Leo, but that really like resonated with me. Because, <laughs> it's your moon sign, dude. It's your moon sign, is it? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like because, uh, like. Um, when like i i that's like the source of the horror right is like mm-hmm. that someone else <laughs> like uh wouldn't um you know like have that kind of interest that in like inherent interest in what other people create you know it's mm-hmm. like kind of, like intensely heartbreaking to me you know yeah so uh so yeah right and and now like for me, I I am not a visual art guy, but I I know what AI AI art means. I know what that means. There, what's the benefit? That no one's ever told me like what's the benefit. People can do those portraits. Like, yeah, people can do that by hand and actually add that human element to it. And, and now I'm more of an audio kind of uh, uh, speech kind of person, like where I, I see the art in that a lot more than I do uh, visual art. However the reason i wanted to even i saw you talking about i thought it was interesting because they were talking about peter gabriel right and like that he was essentially i think the medium like the actual in the middle the median of like artificial and a real musician like like yeah exactly in the middle but like you really can't and i and i struggle with that because like i used to use a lot of stuff with drum machines side as well like a lot of stuff with drum machines and like the gayest thing you can do is press quantize you know, what oh, I mean? yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Quanti- quantization for people who don't know, that's just basically like take all snap the soul out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Snap it into a grid. There's a little like like a thing where it's like it's like basically a metronome. If you have the it's, it's never going to deviate from that metronome. And that's AI to me, like is, is quantizing art. And I and I'm like, no, yeah. you don't do that because because you don't you. I'm, I'm sorry. The human element is great. To, you When you quantize music, you take away the groove when you quantize art you take away the soul from it you know like i what i really like with uh, drum machines is like something like uh you know 1999 by prince where it's like full of these like slightly like uh lopsided like like really primitive drum machine rhythms Mm -hmm. and they sound like 
they've been like fed through like a bass amp or something like that. They're just like super kind of dull. And there's just there's always they're like slightly offbeat in this mm-hmm. kind of like weird disjointed way. And there's some uh-huh. kind of uh like uh tension there or relationship between the like stiltedness of the electronic drum rhythm and yeah, then the yeah. offbeatness creates like a really interesting effect. And that's like what I think is interesting. I'm not like I'm not actually a Luddite. Like I'm not like, right. opposed to technology totally like in general. Like I like synthesizers, I like digital music and things like that, you know. Uh, and I think that somebody somebody could use like an AI tool in an artistic creative 100%. way. You know, like I have no problem with that whatsoever. And that's yeah. like that's do you guys remember, do you guys remember that, that story, the Nirvana AI song that they did a couple years back? You remember oh, that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, but I, I remember forgot. but yeah. I remember it was different because I listened to it and I was like, okay, this is kind of whack, but it's also not bad. Like I, I thought that it was completely done by AI. Like, you know, every like little waveform right, was yeah, done by yeah. AI. It comes out and then you read the article on it. It's like, oh yeah, like we we wrote it with AI and then hired a band to play it. I'm like, wait, okay. Like what the, f-? you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, that's not, but that's not how you sold it. You know, <laughs> sorry, not, not, not to like get into a, a, another rant or anything, but that's no, like please. the basic pattern please. of all of this stuff is there is always like some mystified human element. And that's why I find pernicious about yes. it because it's like, there's a literally alienating, uh, just inherent quality to it. Right. Where, AI assumes the role of this kind of like neutral authority, mm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, where we've like implicitly accepted the premise that like a Nirvana song, there exists some like objective form of a Nirvana song yes, that yes. AI has like yeah. access to. Yeah, data points of a Nirvana and, song. Yeah, <laughs> and so yeah. so when we, when that AI produces the Nirvana song, that's like a kind of objectively a nirvana song in the way that like a rock is objectively a rock right yeah, yeah. And, and that is yeah. like i that's like what i object to you know like fundamentally and, it, it, and i get thinking about like because we do these deep dives of like pretty you know we stick to the class you know like normies normie artists yeah mm-hmm. and one thing about mm-hmm. the yeah movie, all them know, yeah normie yeah, stuff like, yeah like beatles zeppelin nirvana like that tier of stuff one thing that i find about that it's kind of like the band that they're the center of the black hole and the songs that they create revolve around that where they're like, like, this is Zeppelin doing a reggae song, like, like Jermaine, yeah. you know, and stuff. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, it's impossible to replicate. They're just the draw of their gravity is so strong. That yeah. Well, they could do, you know what I mean? It's like, they, they could, it's a reference point. Whereas you can't make a Beatles song. You can't make a Led Zeppelin song without that. You know, it's kind of, no, wait, because, wait, 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 yeah. yeah. Wouldn't you say there's an A and R like, okay. So how about this is AI. So AI could support, can kind of like supplement a musician or supplement an artist or something like that. You can kind of, kind of do that. But like, do you think that's almost just acting as like an A and R? Because like, I, you know, if you're making like normie pop music, there's still an A and R saying, can you, can you make a, a Diana Ross song for me, please? You know, so we can sell it. Like, yeah. do you guys still think, do you guys think it's that I'm being devil's advocate. I obviously no, think sure. it is worse, well, but like, I think, no, this yeah. is a good mm-hmm. opportunity, right? Because like this, I can clarify something as well about my perspective as well, because there, obviously there has always been, the the what is automated by ai is something that humans have always been doing within art so there is always like a dimension of art that you can like of any creative process Uh that you can extract and automate you know yeah so i'm not i'm not like denying that either and there's like a sense in which you know you could 
say that like uh, the record industry or like an A&R guy making specific demands, he is like, in a way, playing a creative role. He is like mm -hmm. feeding inputs into the like, you know, like the metaphorical AI, which is like, I don't know, like, you know, back in the day, Tin Pan Alley or like Sax Records or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right? yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. And those people are like producing something. So like, I'm not saying that there's not that's that, that's basically acknowledging that there's just like a material dimension to art and obviously yeah. there is you know but uh the thing is like art is always is always like an interaction um a kind of two-way interaction with like material you know mm -hmm. so there's always been that unconscious element to it right but wow yeah it's like uh when all of human intention is like subsumed or like placed under just that like pure kind of mechanical unconscious process and we have like you know machines that are like generating uh, -huh. uh like generating art in the way that like uh you know nature generates plants or something like that right mm. like at that point what's happening is that there is a, like an artifice going on that i mean this is where i begin to sound like a kind of like crazy Christian conspiracy theorist, but wouldn't like, want to do that here. Yeah. <laughs> but that's like, yeah. you know, we're, we're in like that's like a kind of deist, you know, uh, like Gnostic. Uh, like I can't remember what the term is now for like the you know, the, like Gnostic world. But it's like you're in like a false reality. You mm. know, you're in like you're inhabiting like a false nature that actually has some occulted human intention lurking somewhere beneath the veil, and you you are like alienated from having access to that. Yeah, like, exactly. No, I think that's perfect. And, I, and that's why I was thinking about it, because, again, you know, this would be a good time to get into the topic of today. Uh, Peter Gabriel, where it's like there is a there is a man who basically still was in charge of all the technology he used. I, I'm honestly probably more so than almost anybody I've I've seen, like as far as anybody who would ever let us in. Prince never let us in. There's no videos. I mean, if they are, they're destroyed. Like Prince had the craziest like privacy thing of all time. I, I've, I tend to think of them as almost the same artist in my opinion just as far as uh the process uh, as yeah. I say. uh and and uh and even sometimes the result especially as they both got into the 90s it's like damn they almost made like the same music <laughs> like it was really yeah, yeah. weird like they both were like in a, reached an intersection at some point like where you hear kiss the frog on on us where you're just like that's a prince song like game, it's like game recognized like, game dude. It, no it's, yeah, it's great it like the, the guitar riffs like through that have that weird fm high pass filter like you're just like whoa like that's totally a prince song and um i i guess uh, my introduction to Peter Gabriel uh, was actually from a dentist office uh, when I was a kid. It's uh, and, also, cases, and just like Prince, Prince and Peter Gabriel are the two coolest artists you can hear at the dentist. Right. You can hear Little oh, Red yeah. Corvette and Sledgehammer. Both songs are about fucking, by the way, while you're going under. That's kind of weird. But, you know, <laughs> like you, you have these uh, you, you have these like, you know, we had uh, 98. What was the station? The, the actual number? I can't remember, but it was K.O.I.T. Light Rock, Less Talk. Ninety-seven-seven. I think at one point it was, but I think it was that because that was K Fox for a while. But um, this is so beside the point. But uh, the uh, yeah. I think about ninety-two-one maybe, and uh, they they uh, I remember hearing Sledgehammer, and my mom was there like with me, like in the wait in the waiting room when we first heard it, and she saw that I was kind of into it, and I at the time I'm into like grunge maybe blink 182 just things like that like uh like i just want rock like heavy stuff i'm cool like i just want to be like a tough guy and stuff uh, as a nine-year-old kid and 
she's like, oh, you, you like that, huh? And I was like, no. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, so then after a while, like she's like, oh, no, this is this is really good stuff. She had she she my mom was a big greatest hits person. Like that was the one thing like she she kind of fell for like another thing that I, I think is kind of messes with music a little bit is like when just like boomers really fell for like the 20th century essentials, like greatest hits thing. Cause that's like, oh, yeah. you know, I'll bring up album cuts from Peter Gabriel. She's like, I don't remember that. I'm just like, yeah. yeah. Like, you, yeah. And so, <laughs> but anyways, you know, you, his hits are still fantastic. So like I listened to all, all listened to all of his hits and I still was like, yeah, I can't tell my friends. I like this shit though. Like, you know, uh, but my thesis on Peter Gabriel is it might sound soft, but it's for guys. It's not for it's not like it's not for chicks. Like when you listen to it, it's for the fellas, but it's for the fellas. There's the alpha beta spectrum that we use. It's quite the binary. He's right on the cusp. Like you need somebody right on the cusp. You need the guy that's just like, like, hey, anything below me, like you're fucked. But yeah, yeah. I just just watched like when the bros get together some wine tonight you know it's like it's not, yeah it's, forget the beer, yeah you know let's, let's yeah. bust out the rosé tonight talk about you know? our relationship yeah. is the vibe. you know mm-hmm. yeah 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 um, exactly no i just what are you I saying just watched that like yeah. uh south bank show um mm-hmm. like documentary on him and i was so like i just kind of had this like overwhelming surge of compassion for him because he's such he's like this like upper middle class uh-huh. like soft-spoken <laughs> like slightly shy seeming sensitive man (laughs) Mm -hmm. like and you know he's like talking about like his uh album getting like bad reviews from the white the the white like uh music papers and stuff oh where they called him they called him uh they said he had white there was like every yeah it was like white liberal guilt white liberal guilt i started laughing i was like yeah yeah pete let's be real like if there's a criticism you know (laughs) but like like, yeah i just feel like you know he's just like the sensitive arty man Mm -hmm. you know like who's probably probably feels a little bit like estranged from uh, like you're probably in the same way that I felt felt like a little bit strange from like the average the average guy on the street and like uh-huh. a little maybe a little bit intimidated by them, you know, but was still having some kind of essential like sympathy or interest there. Yeah, um, I can imagine him like uh, like in one social situation being like really charming and funny and successful, and then in another situation, like just getting kind of completely like talked over. And they're not not being like uh yeah you know his life being a pretty random sequence yeah. of like <laughs> events like that you know oh yeah and 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 that south and uh, is it, is it, what was it called it was south was it south uh, the the show south the, bank. The, the, south the, bank. yeah south bank I always yeah. wanted to call it South Park I was like South Park show yeah no it's uh, that there's another South Park reference I'll bring up later but the uh, in there you can see a guy who is just like yo like I'm living the fucking dream right now it's just me and some guy with his front tooth missing just banging bottles just, yeah. and just guys like that's like that's some guys shit and his dad was an electric was an electrical uh, engineer which I found yeah, fascinating yeah. and uh, his dad was like an electrical engineer and then his mom was like an artsy fartsy chick and that's exactly what you get Nick. Oh it's, like, God, it's yeah. exactly what what he was and uh, before we get into the catalog do you guys do you guys like Genesis I mean, it's a fucking American psycho thing obviously but like you know do you guys like Genesis I uh, I like them but I don't love them no yeah I, I, yeah. I was really really underwhelmed I kind of went through a couple <laughs> albums my mom loves Gen- she's like if you like that you'll love when he wore a fucking flower on his head and did a Genesis show I was like no I actually don't it's actually not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean I'm I'm all about the crazy costumes yeah um, that part's cool yeah <laughs> I I like uh, I'm like a big prog fan you know 
Um, <laughs> and I really, I love like Gentle Giant and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. And I really like the Cardiacs, who I think have a kind of pronounced like early Genesis influence. Yeah. Uh, but like, so I, I kind of sought out a few of their albums. I think I got like, um, I'm going to forget all their names now. I, I really like their album art aesthetic they have with that yeah. guy going with those like, you know, weird surrealist pastoral mm -hmm. images and stuff. And uh, I like, um, you know, like Revenge of the Giant Hogweed and stuff like that. Like it's good kind of like pulpy fun, right? Mm -hmm. um, and Dancing with the Moonlit Night is kind of a banger as well. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. Um, th th that said, though, I think that like, on those albums, you can tell that he was struggling to find a, a good way of integrating narrative into music. Mm -hmm. um, and I've, I think I made this point elsewhere a few times, but like, uh, I, there's this one, I might be dancing with the moonlit night, actually, where he's like, you know, can you tell me where my country lies? Mm -hmm. And he brings up like, he introduces a unicorn, which is like a cross between a unicorn and a fawn. Wow. And it's like, you know, you expect a little bit of that kind of thing. I don't mind a bit of fantasy imagery in, in uh, songs, but like, I think it's it's uh, clumsy to introduce, mm -hmm. like to, to introduce those two concepts, right? Like in the midst of like trying to enjoy a song, it's kind of like distracting, you know? And it, there's a similar thing in the, the Battle of Epping Forest uh, where, you know, he's trying to set the scene of this like gang fight and Epping Forest is like right by my house, by the way. But oh shit! Um, hey. But you know, he's like, there are millions of cars. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's like he's trying to like set the scene, and but like it doesn't really. Uh, you know, it's like the the musical side of it is suffering under the demand of like the narrative, right? And I think that he's kind of like. I mean, he, he in his solo stuff, he's getting more interested in like rhythm and texture. As oh well. yeah, but I think his also his like storytelling improves and it gets more kind of impressionistic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I uh, think he had. I think there's never been an artist that might be more self aware than Peter Gabriel. Like where he's just like, "Hey, my lyrics are really gay." You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like where like he's just like, "Yeah, these aren't like I, not not that they and and I don't even think they are." I just think he was kind of like, "I just need to build." I need to build in reverse. I need to build from rhythm to lyrics because it's true. Yeah, a good yeah. rhythm, a good rhythm makes like reading a grocery list sound good. I mean, like it's, it's true. You, you, um, you get that. And uh, even his first like solo album, Peter Gabriel one or whatever, I mean, whatever, you know, he, he, there, the rhythm's there, but it's not quite, it's not quite where, where it gets in three and four and like you know peter gabriel one's essentially about him distancing himself from genesis which he didn't have like a, a bloody uh kind of uh exit from the group he was just kind of like yo i'm like i'm i'm i am a band you know like and and it's it's not a an egotistical thing where it's like he's like no i'm i'm a band like i know how to do all of these things like i he's like i am a drummer you know he he knew he wasn't the greatest drummer in the world that's why the drum machines come in and he's like i can do all these things and um you know with his first album it's like you know salisbury hill it's it's great i i absolutely love salisbury hill and he uh 
it, it, you know, now they use it for like Sutter Health medical commercials in, in <laughs> where it's like some like diabetic person like getting wheeled out of a hospital. And it's like, well, the kids, I'm going to take you home. Like, it's just these, you know, that it's been memed into like just this kind of like uplifting commercial music. But, you know, at the time, you're just like, man, like I, I, I feel what this guy's saying. Like, I've been in that situation. I'm with a band, but, you know, I've been been in that situation where I'm just like, yo, this isn't for me. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I, it's not this, you know? And then um, I really identify with that. And, like, Genesis, you know, I, I even think they kind of got a little, as Patrick Bateman says, it got better after Phil Collins became the lead singer, which I do agree. Like, I do agree that their band yeah. got got better and he got better. It's it's a good. It was a good mutual split. Like the people I don't actually, talk about bands that do that. I haven't really done a deep dive on like the Phil Collins Genesis. It's um, fine. Yeah, I remember like when I was kind of like getting into music and stuff. It was like the uncoolest thing you could like possibly mm-hmm. get into. Like it had such a kind of oh like, yeah gen x curse laid on it. You know, like <laughs> yeah, where yeah, totally. it was like completely like verboten and. Because of that, I like never listened to it because that the you know Gen X sensibility was like quite influential on my own tastes, and uh, but now that's like worn off. But it's like you know, so I wouldn't have a prejudice against going back and listening. But I just never, I've just never like gone around to it. Yeah, it's um, it's good. It's definitely like like pro like it was like prog, and then they're like, well, we need to make dance songs now, and um, but it is good. And like I, I am neutral on Phil Collins. I. Uh, it can be good, but the bad is like really bad. Right. Like, 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 oh my God, like this is awful bad. Um, look, you, you got some hair. I'll say it. It's a bald guy. It's he's bald. Peter Gabriel. If Peter Gabriel didn't have <laughs> hair, I'm just saying it's, it's not like I, it's it, the ball. You can hear the follically yeah, challenged like, thing is, happening with him. It is bald. And, it's kind of like, you can tell like when you hear Brian Eno, yes. kind of, this <laughs> is kind of like time. flinty granite, yeah boldness to it <laughs> whereas you hear brian ferry he's just like yeah man i got yeah. this beautiful hair that i still have in my no, 70s like you can so you, yeah yeah but mm-hmm. there really needs to be like significant work done on uh, like exploring this like idea of they're like being hairy music and bold music because dude that's what ai should do that's yeah. all AI should do in music is like do like things like this is what bald guys sound like statistically. Yeah. This is what this is what guys with good heads of hair sound like statistically because Phil Collins makes bald music. You can tell. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, he uh, but nonetheless, uh, I was actually looking up too because, um, you know, I, we, I Peter Gabriel one and two his albums. Uh, again, it's very alpha to have everybody always like smirks, does little smirking Wojak things about like he called all his first four albums Peter Gabriel. It's like that's cool. Sorry, like you just and well, and, by, and by the way, like we didn't rank albums back then. You just knew the new Peter Gabriel was coming out, so it didn't matter. It didn't matter well, what the album was called. It, it's just like the typical thing that would happen to to him. I feel like I'm like presumptuously claiming this kind of like deep understanding of Peter Gabriel's personality. That's from what we do here. Yeah. Watching this documentary, but like. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like uh, it, like exactly the kind of thing that would happen to him is that he would name his first five albums himself, like because to him, in his like logic, that seems like modest and unassuming. Because his reasoning is that he wants to like draw attention to the music, mm-hmm. and then it's like th- this typical thing that would happen to him where he would make this gesture of like kind of contrition or like 
you know, like trying to place himself out of the limelight and be uh-huh. modest. And it like inevitably comes across like I'm naming my my album after myself five times because I yeah. think I'm so awesome, you know. Yeah, and well, it's like, and, mm-hmm. and he's just kind of like a bit bewildered by it. Like, also his alternative was going to be like a full poem most of the time, where like he's like, well, I guess right. I'll just call. Hey, he's one of those things like you ever get in an argument with somebody where they mildly tell you like, hey, we shouldn't do that, and it's like, fine, I'll just call it this then, and then it's like something like you know, fine, I'll just kill myself then, you know, like yeah, when it's like yeah. you disagree, like just this whole like thing i think it's like fine i'll just call it peter gabriel and it's like he has that thing because with so the album so they kept telling him like we peter we can't do peter gabriel five like we just can't we can't do it like, it's, it's not it's not pulling well and like the guy's just like yeah i'm begging you you've been working on this album for seven years like can you can it be can yeah. it just be something else and he goes so like and that's what the album's called like and it's it's very like the the other woe jack where he's like pushing the glasses on the computer like smirking like just kind of like like he's just he's, he has that mentality with all this stuff and you hear him in interviews he's very dry uh he's very dry and kind of like not standoffish but kind of just like yeah we'll do this you know like he doesn't really like to give up the game he's too much a, which he's a private school guy like you mm-hmm. can tell like, oh is that a, I, so that or yeah, is that he, like uh yeah i is that more distinguishable in like in england you know or britain you know uh yeah well there's like the public school private school divide so public yeah. like, you know it's like public education's funded by the taxpayer and then private school is like mm-hmm. you know I, I i went to a private school <laughs> um <laughs> takes one and, to know uh, one yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah but, and it's like but i mean like you know i i didn't go to a a, a boarding school i don't know if Peter gabriel went to a boarding school i think he I did met, uh-huh. i met like boarding school guys and they like literally like talk like him because they were yeah. like so- socialized differently, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, for real. It, uh, and that you know, he's just kind of like I don't know. He's just like very polite, and uh, you know, he's like says what he has to say and stuff. But I definitely think there's some kind of like uh, there's some kind of like estrangement there, you know. Oh yeah, like, and he's and he's also like stop asking questions. You guys don't fucking get it. I feel like that's what it is. he's like. I'll explain it to you. Like you're. You ever talk to a woman sometimes and like they're just like they ask oh, they seem the interested in <laughs> and they ask you something about like what you do and you're just like if I explain this are you even gonna like get it you know and it's not like it's not like they're too stupid to get it but it's just like you're not gonna care so why did you ask like stop being polite you know and that's kind of his thing because he wants to spurg you could tell like if yeah you got him in yeah, a thing yeah. like if I'll you were like time. what's up dude like with this sampler like when you store it in this bank like how easy is it get to on this like he would be like hey, dude, i guarantee you he'd break all that down like but yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. when it's that surface level like tell me about putting a kick drum where you do that like and then he's just like oh yeah i got yeah, lucky he, he, he always goes like, I got lucky like yeah, every time yeah you, mm-hmm. you can you can hear you could hear the tentativeness in his voice as he's expecting the person to lose interest that's why i feel I, like literally because, me all the time yeah yeah i'm like because yeah. he's like he's, he's like going before. into this stuff he's been burned yeah he's, he's been burned know. and he loves this stuff so much right yeah. and and it's like this precious thing where someone's like showing curiosity in it and he's like okay well you know it's like this <laughs> thing about the drum sound and <laughs> I did Bico! Well. He just starts going like that. Bico! <laughs> but you know, but Bico! there's like it's just suffused with this kind of like uh like you know, don't feel like you have to show interest in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'll guess I'll I'll guess I'll I'll tell you about it if you want, but you know, feel free to just right. Just... Like we can just do boring small talk instead if you'd like. Yeah, you know, yeah. like because like, that's what this is gonna end up leading to, anyways. You just listened to a preview of one of our premium episodes. 
And to get access to the full thing, you gotta be a paid subscriber to the Rare Candy Substack. That's rarecandy.substack.com. It's only $5 a month or $55 for the whole year. You get one month free if you do the whole year. You get access to premium Rare Candy episodes, my podcast, The Glen Word, and whatever the hell else we wanna charge people for. Uh, again, that's rarecandy.substack.com. Thanks again.